And now, it's time to sit back and enjoy the Two True Freaks Internet Radio Broadcast. Good news is your dates are here. What's the bad news? They're dead. Three ah! are United States Astro Robots. They come a creature of death. Oh. And they. We have come here to this planet for. One purpose only, to acquire breeding stuff to repopulate our planet. And welcome to Bots, Bugs, and Babes, the B-Movie Podcast. From class to cults and the cheese in between, the movies are B. The entertainment is great A. And I am your host, Mr. Jason Giaconetti. And I'm joined once again by my dad, Mr. Al Giaconetti. Good afternoon, Jay. Uh, I hope everybody, this is our December. Uh, the December release, yeah. I hope everybody's in the, in the, in the Christmas mood. Uh, because uh, this movie uh, that we're about to do is, it's just, it's difficult to give a synopsis in a short amount of words. So all I'm going to say is we're going to talk about Fat Man. Yeah, and we'll have it right after this. I don't know what I'm doing wrong. I've lost my influence. Maybe it's time I retired the coat. You still have it. Some kids with a deer rifle put two holes in the sleigh, one in me. All I have is a loathing for a world that's forgotten. The United States military would like to procure your services. This is a one-time deal, gentlemen. How are you, Mike? Nicole and the kids are well, I hope. Where are you? What's the job? I'd like you to kill Santa Claus. I'm looking for the fat man. You can't be serious. This is what people actually think of me. Christmas is a farce. I am a joke. What's the purpose of your visit? Hunting. I'm gonna kill some things. There is a rising number of our youth making poor decisions. Big man's head. Severed heads rot, they mold. They don't want his beard. I'm not shaving off a dead man's beard. Your workers sure have healthy appetites. That's why elves live much longer than humans. And Chris, he does the same. No, it's a giving that keeps him young. I've come for your head, fat man! Dashing through the snow. 
You think you're the first? Think I got this job because I'm fat and jolly? November 13th, 2020, with a 100 minutes running time. Your director here is, uh, it's the the Nelms brother, it's uh, Isham and Ian Nelms. They're also the writers of this. Uh, your, you know, your producers are Todd Courtney. It's like they're like seven or eight producers on this. Um, and your stars here are Mel Gibson and Walter Goggins are your two main stars. Uh, Marianne Jean Baptiste is uh, also, uh, she's you know the, the third build here. Uh, your music was by the Mondo Boys. There's nothing, nothing here is names that you would recognize. Uh, your production companies are Fortitude International, Mammoth Entertainment, Rough House, uh, you know, uh, in, Ingenious Pictures. But your distributor is Saban Films. Now, Saban Films, of course, Saban is famous for Power Rangers and stuff like that. They did the Power Rangers movie. They've been in a lot of doing distribution lately. Um, and your budget here is $20 million. With a box office of a staggering $1.6 million. So to say Fat Man was a financial disaster would be 100% correct. Now, 2020, November 20th, so that's right, right, right before Thanksgiving last year. The world kind of was trying to open up a little, but not really so much. We're still shutting down schools. We're still right. whatever. People aren't going to the theaters. This made its money literally by doing what do you call it? By doing um, video on demand and stuff like that, because it was available video on demand. I want to say before Christmas, definitely before Christmas, because oh, yeah, I saw it come up. Yeah, we watched it. No, 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 we didn't see it though. I wasn't paying for it. Oh no, we no. watched the Christmas Chronicles, which right. was free, um, and Christmas Chronicles two, which was last year. But like the whole thing was, hey, to come up and it said, hey, you want to purchase? I'm like, I'm not spending twenty dollars on the movie, but it wasn't one of those like twenty dollars rentals. It was a twenty dollar buy. And I had pre, I knew I was going to get the pre-order, so I pre-ordered the movie, but it was coming out on Blu-ray. That's right, yeah. Right after that, like it was right around, right after Christmas, it was on Blu-ray, and we had it. That's when we saw it. We didn't see it before Christmas. Um, so the to say that uh, it was released on that date, I, I mean, technically, I bet it was. I bet you it was in certain theaters and certain places in the world, technically released, but it wasn't like this had a, a full run in the theater. Now, I can count. Zero time seeing an ad for this on TV. Do you remember seeing any ad? No. I, I showed no, you the trailer. No, no I showed I, you the trailer. Yeah, yeah, you came in. You said you showed me the trailer. I said, "Boy, this this looks pretty good." Yeah, and I said to you, "I don't know if it's going anywhere." And then it was like, and of course, at the time, well, you remember what you said was, "We need to we need to get an, another Christmas movie." Here's one about Santa Claus, right? Called Fat Man. Yeah, well, but what we were looking at for like, for like Christmassy type movies. Yeah, and the problem was. But getting our hands on it was going to – we didn't know what the release date. I mean, it literally got announced it was coming out, and then like a week later it was on Blu-ray, like kind of thing. So the releases were done quickly. It was all quiet. And Saban Films, I mean, they are a major international player. It's not like Saban Films is some like, you know, fly-by-night company never heard of. So they put out major, major movies. So it's not like this is like, oh, it's just some, you know, whatever company. And again, that often happens. The companies that make the movie – 
the little production companies and stuff like that are smaller and then they're bought up by a bigger one. Like it's like yeah. Paramount didn't make this, you know, all these little Joe Blow companies did and then they're like, oh, okay, Paramount releases it and stuff like that. But anyway, so uh, to so anyway, so Fat Man, uh, again, was out pretty quickly and to be honest with you, um, I don't know many people who've actually seen it. That's the other thing too. Uh, people think, oh, I saw the, the trailer and they didn't bother watching it. When you think about when, and this is what we just mentioned here, the reviews of this movie by actual human beings, not people who are paid to give a certain review because a certain company wants to give a certain review, you know, actual people who saw it, those reviews tend to be good. Yeah. The reviews of people who just either didn't bother watching it, you know, they're the same people who believe that Texas Chainsaw Massacre is a bloodbath. They believe that like whatever they're like, well, even Jason, Jason you know, Voorhees is the killer in part one. Like those people who don't know anything, those people are like, well, this movie looks stupid and trite, whatever. And it's, and it's Mel Gibson and we hate Mel Gibson still well, that's right. because Mel Gibson is the most evil human being in the entire world, which those people feel whatever, like he's an actor. Like if you literally are looking to actors for your you know moral compass in life, you're looking in the wrong place. I'm just saying. Anyway, all right, here we go. So Chris Kringle lives with his wife Ruth and runs his, runs his Christmas pre, Christmas present shop on a farm near the town of North Peak, Alaska. That's how you're gonna. That's what we're gonna lead into this, right? Because I'm reading. I'm using the plot from Wikipedia, right? Chris Kringle, a guy, runs a present shop. With his wife in the near Alaska. Wink, wink. Yeah, well, remember, maybe he's he's in he's in incognito because his name doesn't begin with a K. Right, it's not it's Chris. C. It's C. It's Chris Kringle with two C's, not Chris Kringle with K's. Like it, literally, you're like, okay. And you, I gotta be honest with you, when you watch this movie, you 100% have to buy into the premise. If you don't buy into the premise. You're wasting your time because it's a hundred minutes and you got to, once you buy into the premise, the movie just is like not boring. It's a roller coaster all the way through. Uh, Ruth, his wife is of course, uh, played by, uh, um, Marianne Jean Baptiste, um, who is African American. Um, she's also won, uh, she's earned Academy Award nomination for best supporting actress, Golden Globes awards for that. Um, she was in the television series without a trace. She was on blind spot on homecoming. Uh, she's a well-regarded actress. Yes. And she's, she's got a, like, I, I would say she's British, a, a British she's British. Yeah. yeah. But I'm saying, so it's not like they got, okay. So let's, let's just be very honest here. Some people, you know, didn't love Christmas Chronicle part two. I didn't, I thought part one was much better, but like, but Mel, Mel Gibson playing Santa Claus here. Is not the same as Kurt Russell playing Santa yeah, Claus in those movies. They 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 are playing the same character, but very differently. Okay, and of course, who was Mrs. Claus in 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 uh, you know Christmas Chronicle two? It's Goldie Hawn, mm. which makes perfect sense because it's Kurt Russell. Like the Christmas Chronicle movies are for kids. The original one, the first one, I love. The second one's fine. I've watched it a couple of times with Haley, whatever. I mean, it's it's cutesy pie, and they do a lot of like fighting the elves and the right, whatever kind of. Yeah, yeah it's, we had it. We watched. We that. watched it, right? Yeah. But the the first one is much more a family about a family coming together and realizing whatever, and it and it's emotional and stuff. But if you're expecting Kurt Russell, saxophone playing. Santa Claus to show up here. You have the wrong guy. This is more. This is more the Grizzly Adam. Yes. Yeah. Well, well, this is more this. So it's the difference between like Dragnet, the 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 TV show, right? Dragnet, those cops, and Dirty Harry. I mean, that's the difference in what you're getting. It's very very different ends of the spectrum. I just want to throw that out there because some people had said, "What? 
Didn't Kurt Russell do this last year? If you think that Christmas Chronicle and Fat Man are anywhere in the same world, I think you're sadly mistaken. Anyway, so... Um, Our uh, story begins. Yeah. So with the income on the decline, because too many children are becoming too... Uh, well, they don't believe in Santa Claus anymore, right? They don't really believe in Christmas. And um, he's having to deal with, uh, like... As he got home, he's been shot because the kids are kids are taking pot shot at the sleds, and it's it's talking about the decline of the the youth in the world and their belief in Santa Claus and their belief in things that are good and doing those things like that. Uh, he the the U.S. government uh, who maintains an interest an interest share in Chris's business reach out to him about doing other things than making toys and presents. And they wind up sending up Captain Jacobs to propose a two-month contract for producing components for their new fighter jets for the U.S. military, <laughs> right? And at that point there, if you still think we are watching Santa Claus Comes to Town, you're on the wrong channel, bub. I'm just – now we're talking about the U.S. government wants him to make weapons, like guidance system for weapons and making – what, and like it's just okay. Like, yeah. you know. But there's – but at this point, we have seen – uh, maybe I mean the the plot has 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 already been thickened quite a bit even before this scene mm. with the with what's what's to come. So uh, the liaison, the liaison agents um oh, they says overrides Chris's misgivings by uh, virtually threatening to withhold the government's subs subsidiaries and Ruth manages to restore uh, his spirit and belief in what happened. Okay, so the key is this: they're not making any money. So if they don't pay their bills, then it's like, and, and, and this is, this is always what happens is people are like, well, like in, if he's making all the presents, the, the, the idea is that he gets on the phone and starts calling every single toy distributor in the world. Well, he even calls Elon Musk. Well, yeah, well, I'm paying, but well, eventually, but I'm saying, but he calls every single toy distributor that he's making all the toys for. So the premise here is that Santa Claus himself, even though he's delivering toys, is making every toy for these companies who are now saying we're outsourcing our toys to someone else. And you're like, but who is more effective than Santa Claus and his elves who work 23 and a half, who work or awake 23 and a half hours a day on a sugar diet. Right. Um, it, it's just. It, but that's that's the problem is you watch it's going okay and like I said, you have to buy in if you don't buy in you're gonna be like this is stupid because it, it's it's ludicrous the movie's ludicrous on its surface but you have to buy in so on Christmas Eve spoiled rich uh, Brad so Billy Wayne uh, Wayman receives a lump of coal from uh, from Santa for his selfishness and is swearing revenge. And he's going to hire his personal hitman, Jonathan Miller, who is played by Walter Goggins, who many people know from, uh, you know, Walter Goggins and a whole lot of movies kind of thing, right? And TV shows uh, to kill Santa Claus. Now, let's just back this up a second. So Billy is an A number one jerk. Creep. He's a I creep. Mean, yeah, right. Well, he's a, but he's a jerk. But we don't know how much of a jerk he is. We know he's just a kind of a spoiled jerk sure. at first, right? His parents aren't there. His, I'm a, his, they must be divorced. We don't know where mom is, but we know dad is in the Bahamas with the girlfriend right. on a business trip, quote unquote, with his new business associate who is this young person. He's supposedly whatever. So he's kind of like, you're like, okay, so maybe, I don't know if, the, if I think they want you for like a second to feel bad that maybe his like, oh, like that sucks. But, they, but the way he speaks to the housekeeper and to every, you're like, oh, no, no, no. He's a jerk and we have to hate him. 
Like you're supposed to hate this child, which yeah. is okay because that's his entire thing. I mean, it, he's he's dressed uh, like uh, like With, like like a, a, a you know, spoiled rich kid's son. Yeah, yeah, right. Uh, and so he's he's like he's dressed to the nines. Right. Okay. But but the thing that got me the first thing he's writing a letter to Santa Claus. Now he's not he's not a little kid, but yet here's this kid who's got everything. He's writing and he addresses the envelope to Santa and he's printing. There's no address. And he gives it to the to the, the housekeeper to mail to mail immediately. Well, okay, but I think this is but this is the this is the, again you have to buy the premise. Oh yeah. In this world, you are writing a letter to Santa because Santa is real in this world and, and real in that he's the sense that this is a man who lives in Alaska who makes toys, right? And uh, it's being addressed and sent. To, like you have to believe all those things are going to happen. And that, but but also that his he lives with his grandmother, who's the one who's really rich, right? And you know he acts he he's he's ruthless to everybody else, and she's like, well, you're gonna have the science fair, bring home a, a blue ribbon, right? They go to the science fair, of course, and he's done none of the work on this stuff, and it's whatever. And so the girl who wins, he now is going to have her killed. Yeah. Well, so but I'm saying, so that's what I'm saying. You got to buy into all this stuff. He has a hitman on speed dial, right? It was Walter Goggin who goes and picks well, her up. And he, but and he's not just he's not he's, he's not just any hitman. He's he, a hitman who has he clients a, all over the world, right? And but he he kills it seems like sometimes indiscriminately. Yeah. Well, but it's not just that. But when but he's also he's obsessed with certain things. Like there he the kids go well he, he bring him the baseball bat and he goes like I can't pay you a. Well, let me see the bat. When did you get it? What's the story behind it? And it's all about the gifts for Christmas because he didn't get what he wanted for Christmas however many years ago, which has driven him over the edge, right? His his hatred and and of, of not getting the what whatever the car that he wanted for Christmas drove him to a life of murdering other people. Yeah. That's what you got to buy that right kind of thing. Okay, so he's on this is so he's the perfect hitman for this kid, right? And he, I mean, thing is, he's obviously making tons of money as a hitman, and yet he's driving this old Plymouth uh, that has cranked down windows. Okay, so let me let me just remind you of what we of men, you know, we've learned in many different places, and the hitman's bodyguard has reminded of this. The movie with Samuel Jackson okay. and Ryan Reynolds. He goes, you want to be, you want to blend in, blend in. That car blends in. It looks like a piece of junk because yeah. it is a piece of junk, right? If he's driving a brand new Mercedes, I mean, no, I, you know, remember, it's so, all you know, kind of thing. It would kind of stick out. I, I mean, I, I understand that's what he's that's what he's driving around, but it was, yeah, it's a clunker, yeah. So, um, and, and yet he's he's got a sweet side for um, the the the, uh, the hamster. Yeah, right. So, <laughs> Well, because his hamster's his friend, and he takes care of it. Right? Anyway, so um, so there. So what happens? So so they hires Miller, who's uh, the, the the killer, right? So there's a few times he's he's now been unable to get the information about where yeah. in the, in, in the, the world would he find Santa Claus, right? Can he he tries googling it, doesn't work. He makes some phone calls, it doesn't work. You know, like what what like so he asks the postman. Outside his house, where where do all the Santa letters goes? Oh, they go to they, we they, we deliver to a PO box. And he goes, you know the name? He goes, no, but the guy who's the district, who the regional manager would know that. 
and doesn't kill that guy, right? No problem. No, he does. He kills. He shoot. He turns around and he says thank you, and then he says, "Oh, by the way," and he takes. No, out his, yes, no, he, he doesn't kill that guy. He kills the other guy. He shoots. No, he doesn't shoot him. I'm telling you, he doesn't shoot him, Dad. So then he goes, but he goes to the, but. No, right. You're right. No, he has to kill him. He has to kill him. You're right, because he, he steals his car. No, because he, he steals the mail truck. That's what right. he needs the mail truck, right? And, and the guy's the uniform, uniform, right? That's right. I forgot. With right. the hole in it. Yeah. So he gets there, and he goes and sees the regional manager, and then he threatens the regional manager, who gives him the address, the PO box they send it to, and then he murders him too, right? No, no, you're right. I forgot that he did kill him, right? So he goes. Um, he courses the postal service manager to tell him the address for the letters he receives. And then he killed him. So he starts making his way to North Peak. Now, the problem is he lives in the U.S. And the only way to get to Alaska is to Canada. go through Canada yeah. and then get into Alaska, right? So he's got, he's got all his guns in the back of the truck. And then so he gets to the – and he has all the paperwork filled out, of course, and whatever gets Canadian border. And they're like, what are you here for? Hunting. But it makes sense. He has yeah. rifles and stuff. And, of course, he's not dressed nearly appropriately – for what he's going to go do. Right. So he goes to the sporting goods store and he buys the most outlandish looking thing. You're like, this is, this guy's nuts, but it makes perfect sense for him. It's the, the, the snowsuit. With right, the, yeah. It almost looks like, it, it looks it, like a camo snowsuit, but it's not. Yeah, no, but it's, it's a white, he almost looks like a stormtrooper without the helmet. Yeah. But what it is, it's got the, but it's got the, like, it's white with the gray and right. the whatever. And it's, it's basically snow camouflage right. without being, Snow, no it's, it's snow digital camouflage kind of stuff, but it it looks outlandish. But he also buys skis and buys whatever because he knows he's going to have to do a whole lot of, you know, into the ice and snow right. and whatever. And you're thinking to yourself, going, "What did I get myself into?" He's what? prepared. No, he definitely prepares. Prepared. Yeah, he's prepared, right? So, um, so so he, he now the thing is, he's trying to find. He, he goes to the post office and asks the guy. He goes, "Well, I don't know." They go, what do you mean you don't know? He goes, I don't know where he lives. He's a post. We, he goes, I don't, they, didn't know, they didn't know Chris Kringle, their last name. But the things show up and go to his box. But they don't know he's Santa Claus. Like everyone there is oblivious mm. to the fact that he's Santa Claus. He knows everything. He knows all these people. But he's there. All of oblivious, right? So that's when he goes to the bar. And he, he says, he's still driving that old Ford. Ford or whatever. He drives in a, a or red, red, red Chevy, Chevy, right? Oh, now he knows what he's looking for. So he stakes out the post office and follows him home. Right. So while this is all happening, the U S army has now, you know, he signed the contract. The U S army has now come in and set up shop there to make all the parts, but there's now like, so all the, the, the elves are now, instead of making toys are now making missile guidance systems and parts and pieces yeah. for all the things. And anyway, another crazy part about this one, the army makes the elves, Cut the bells off of the tips of their of right. their, their, their shoes, their boots, yeah. because when they go through the metal detector, <laughs> yes. So, so they all they all have numbers, numbers, right? And he goes, well, well what happened? He goes, well, that's their knife. That's their their real numbers. That's their real numbers, yeah. right? And he goes, well, what happened? We, well, we don't renumber people. We get you know that he's like he's number whatever right. because these people have passed away. You don't read. It goes. And but the, but the the generals it goes that's very efficient that you don't have to worry about like everyone has a number and they're assigned that the rest of it and like so it makes it easier for him because they all have just numbers to do right yeah well the guy's number seven yeah when when uh, Chris Chris talks to me he says well number seven you get to, you have yeah. to do this this and this and the general says what happened to one to six so where's one to six yeah and it was, you know, yeah we, we remember them right <laughs> right and the thing is is that they're like so they're trying to set up like the mess hall and stuff like that oh. like but it's the cafeteria so the army guys are sitting down trying to find anything to eat and what they're eating is 
just sugar and it's, cakes it's and whatever. High, it's, yeah. it's unbelievable. Right. I mean, it, it's one of the best buffets I have ever seen. Right, right, right. Yeah. And the whole point is they're like, well, don't you think maybe the men should have some proteins and Protein. stuff? He goes, well, we, we only sleep half an hour or a total a day. We work. He goes, how can they do that? Well, this makes us the most efficient as possible. And we live way longer than you and whatever. And and that's when you say, oh, does does, uh, does Chris eat this too? No, the giving keeps him young. And it's like those little throwaway line in there. It's like, what a good line that is. And it makes perfect sense because you're like, how how old is he supposed to be? Well, obviously, he's yeah. been doing this for you know, years, you know, and years and years and years and you know, decades, right, and centuries. And yet there's only been six elves who were the first elf before this guy. He's number seven. You're like, so wow. So like the elves live insanely long mm-hmm. lives, but he's lived longer than them. So this Chris Kringle is not clearly, uh, you know, he's not, he's not like, you know, we, we saw Santa Claus in the Christmas Chronicles, but he's also not Bill Goldberg, which we remember from Santa Slay, mm-hmm. where he's a demon. Right. You know, kind of thing. So no, he's, 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 a, but he's a guy, he's a man who's, yeah, he, he, he's a nice guy. And everybody who knows him. Oh, everyone loves him. Right. Like yeah, when, yeah. He, well, when you said he goes into the bar. Oh, okay. Well, the, yeah. So his know, part in the bar is different than Walter Goggins' part. And he walks into the bar, and the bartender is uh, a, a woman that he's known, obviously, since she's been a little kid. And she calls him Chris. Yeah, he, she knows he's Chris. She gives him the milk. Uh, with the um, for his cookies, he's like, no, what do I want? Oh, what do you call it? I forgot. It's a shot of um, oh, it's Jack Daniels and Alka Seltzer. And, and no, but I mean, it has a name. It, it's not. It's not a car bomb. It's, oh, got, yeah. it's got a name to it. And it's a, Jack Daniels with an Alka Seltzer in it. But then she puts a glass of milk because she knows he's going to want a cup of, a glass of milk to it. But he shoots that down. And I'm like, oh my god, like. I know I don't drink, but that's got to be horrific to put a shot of uh, Alka-Seltzer into a Jack Daniels. I'm not suggesting anyone does that. Um, but, like, she's she's flirting with a guy, and he's, Chris is like, oh, that, that guy's married. He knows he knows everybody. And, and he goes, but this guy's traveling through. He's never met Chris. But Chris is like, don't you think maybe you should go home and see your wife and daughter and whatever? And it's like, it's see, but everyone knows he knows this stuff. How do you not know that he's Santa Claus? So is it is it like it's not even plausible deniability because when they're pressed on it they just don't know so it's the magic the you know the same way Disney tries to sell you magic but it's a joke like it's the magic of Santa Claus it's the magic of you know the elves and everything like that right anyway so now that he's staked him out and he's followed him home back to there the military now has it because now it's a military outpost because the, you know whatever they have guards and they have whatever and this is when and again we this movie we've kind of blown through this a lot and again th- you have to see this movie to understand but there's not like there's not insane uh you know like things happening the whole time it's a lot of like exposition and like they're talking about it and it's you know the military not quite understanding how in the world that these uh you know the little elves, elves can, can work and work and work and work and never get tired and, and you know produce more than any other yeah any no, other no military contractor could do. ever do right and 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 then and what you go you're going to do more in two months than we can do in two years and it's like that's the idea and that's what and 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 as much as they you even see it how much he hates the idea that he has to resort to doing this like he doesn't want to build weapons he wants to build toys but the reality is like you know i mean it's even even when we, we see him get back from Christmas Eve when he's shot because he got shot in the side. There's a hole in the sled which he's fixing, and it's just all those things that just like it's not it's not an upbeat kind of idea through most of this, but it's the reality of the world where he's like, I need we need to make money to pay our bills. Well, we have a military contract to pay our bills because we can produce this faster than anybody else. 
So now the hitman gets there and he kills the two guards, of course, right? Because he's, you know, whatever. And he he now is going to infiltrate the camp, uh, or the, the I should say the the well the, the compound, compound. compound, right? But the military guys are all, you know, they're yeah. military guys. But, they, well, they, I mean, they're all carrying guns, but right. they don't expect. Yeah, they're, they're, no one's not expecting someone to come in and start invasion. shooting and whatever. But we've also seen in a scene prior when they're setting up everything, uh, all the, um, the the stuff they're going to build with falls over. And the guys are trying – there's like four guys trying to pick this up. And what happens? Chris walks over and lifts it up and stands it all back up for them. And they're like, what? How does it happen? It's like this is the magic of him. Like right. that's what – so it's building this world where like – he got shot, but he still finished the run and still made all the things. And he's now he's bleeding. He's he's back in there. And he's bleeding through the suit and the hole in the sled. He's strong. You, you never see him eat anything healthy. He drinks. He doesn't. He have a cup of hot chocolate. It's hot no, cocoa. But hot he cocoa. Had, but he, that he takes it in the thermos. Right. Well, we you don't right. see him drink it. Right. No, 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 no. But he's never drinking. He's never eating anything. You never see him like he's not Sitting eating a lot of. He's eating cookies. He's always cookies, stealing a, a cookie, cookie. Cookie. Right. He, but, but, and it's not like he's obesely fat. I mean, he's like, no. I mean, he's, he's big. I mean, it's, it's definitely, um, it's definitely, uh, you know, uh, Mel Gibson did not gain a bunch of weight. There's definitely like prosthetic and stuff, but like, he's not like hugely fat, like, you know, whatever he, but he, but he, but he's, but he's moved. He picks things up and he does things. Like, he's like got super strength and whatever. Like, yeah. It's kind of weird. It's kind of like that, that you can tell he's old one. He's got, he's got grayish oh, and white real hair, gray hair and, and a lot of wrinkles on his face. And, and well, it's, it looks like Mel Gibson. I mean, yeah. Yeah, oh. I mean, he looks a lot like, I mean, obviously Mel Gibson's face is now, well, I mean, it's not like, 1980s, you know, no. lethal weapon Mel Gibson, right? Um, but he also, he, but he's got the same haggard beard that Mel Gibson's had and whatever. And it, and it's just, it just plays, it plays on the idea that, um, so what it's kind of playing on the idea that like, uh, uh, if you had someone who could actually do what he does, he'd have to have some kind of powers beyond the scope of what a normal human being could have. He'd have to live for like, he had to live forever or like a long, long time. And like, he'd have to be like, you know, strong to do things. And he'd have to like, you know, be able to, you know, cause, cause he stays up all night and like the whole, like it's, it, he doesn't sleep much. And, and like, and he, 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 he's, knows, he, can't, he knows the names right. he has of to, every yeah, person right. in, in the world. Right. So it kind of plays a little on that superhero idea there that he's kind of beyond what a normal man would be, but it's not Superman. It's not like he's not impervious. He's not, you know, bulletproof. He's not whatever. So now, now that, uh, uh, so now that uh, Johnson's got there and he's kind of the hitman, he's now killed it. And he's now going to go in and now going to, his job is to, he, so what does he say? He goes, uh, he goes, I want you to bring me, they bring me, bring me the fat man's head. That's what the kids. He goes, I'm not getting a head. They smell, they rock. And of course, and the first, I got a, Bring it through customs, customs. right? And the first thing I thought of was bring me the head of Alfredo Garcia, the Peckinpah movie. And I'm like, oh, my God, the head smells so bad. He's like putting it on ice and whatever, right? You know, um, and and so he's going to go kill him. And he's like, well, I'll get you proof. I'll get you his hat. I'll get you his beard. I'm not shaving a dead man's beard. Like there's all these weird things. Said, How about his red coat? Yeah, yeah. right. And so he goes in and he starts, you know, killing the military, mm -hmm. right? And I mean, again, he's he, it's it's a means to an end. He has to kill Santa Claus, so he's going to kill everyone else who's there now, right? But he's shooting and he's now shooting at the elves, and the elves all they have they have a they go to their um, their bunker they have and they all evacuate. But it's to the point where he's now killing the military guys, 
And you're really hoping he doesn't start killing the elves that you've got to know. Not that you want him to kill any of the elves, but right. like they literally have done nothing. But now he's walked into a world where maybe he, well, he, he obviously believes that there was a real Santa Claus, but now he's in that world. And that world is not, the 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 Coca-Cola commercial. It's not the you know perfect. It's it's now a world of like flesh and blood, but it's still a barn that has a basement and they're still producing things faster than anyone can possibly. Do. It's it's that reality. So he starts killing everybody, right? And whatever. Of course, they hear the gun firing, whatever. And now Chris starts pull. He pulls out guns from under the bed. You're like, here we go. Like Santa Claus is gonna have to start you know throwing down, right? So what happens is he, uh, he, he sets off the, the grenade in there. It blows up part of the shack, right, kind of thing. And now you have a gunfight between the hitman and Santa Claus across the compound. And you're thinking to yourself going, what? Like, did you really just say, that? Yeah, yes, they have a gunfight. And, of course, uh, Chris gets hit and he's bleeding. And But he's, he's not just – he knows not everyone's name, but he's also – he said, I've had, I've done this before. I fought before to keep this. So at some point, someone must have come. I'm not saying it was a hitman, but there must have been some invading army. It leads you to kind of not know all of it, that there literally had to be someone trying to take this away from you. Someone had to want this before, and he's had to put down people. So now Santa Claus isn't this jolly, red-cheeked, fat guy. He's now a survivor. He's a guy who's killed before. And you're like... Man, okay. And of course his wife, Ruth, is not about to let this happen. She's not she's not playing either. And that's when she he comes into the house and she gets uh sh- shot. Uh but not like she gets wounded, but she also is able to thwart the the hitman, right? Kind of thing. And you're like, this is crazy. Yeah, well you the know? thing is, well the hitman is actually it looks like he's actually killed uh Santa Santa Claus. Yes, yeah, yeah. Well yeah. Because but, he, he's down and he's out. Yeah, he's shot. Right, so he shoots him, and then of course they go in, and that's when Seven uh, is able to get there, and they apprehend and they bring him out, and that's when Chris gets up because he gets shot in the head, and he gets up and he's like, "Oh, I'm gonna have a headache tomorrow," and you're like, "How is he still alive?" Well, clearly he's bleeding out of his head, so he's not impervious. Not he's not he didn't T1000 push the bullet out. Right? He got, he got up, shot in the eye, in the eye, in the eye. Yes, well, in the in the head, yeah, right. And he's like, "Oh, I'm gonna have a headache, right? Whatever." And it's like you can't kill Santa Claus because He's bigger than what's there, but he's also at the same time bound by rules of the world. Like he's still flesh and blood, even if he is really hard to kill, so to speak. You know what I'm saying? He's not immortal, but he's pretty dang close to being immortal. Right? Uh, where are we here? Um, if he turns against. Okay, there we go. So, um, because he's a bit. Okay. So Ruth intervenes and shoots Miller dead. Um, he is basically it's okay. So yeah, so that's what happens. So Ruth eventually, yeah, Ruth kills kills Miller. Um, I think again, yeah, Jonathan Miller. That's the kitman. So um, Chris faces off at Miller and they gain the upper hand. But Miller is found, uh, first wounded by Chris with a leg, uh, and he's but with the blade into the, the blade into his leg and then he shoots him in the eye, apparently killing him. Ruth kills the Miller. Um, and because he's basically immortal, Santa's able to recover. Okay. So backtracking to the backtrack Miller's assignment and him and Ruth figuring out they're going to pay a visit to Billy. Cause now Billy's waiting on confirmation that Santa's dead. His hitman is now dead. They backwards work it all. So now they show up 
in Billy's room. And of course he's got the eye patch on, right? And he lifts the eye patch and he's got the milk eye and the whatever kind of thing, right? And it's all kind of nuts about that's where we are. Um, and then, so warning him that, um, um, from now on, if Chris will come for him and any other kids, if he does, he turns against a fellow human, he has to like turn it around. He, he can't be the way he is. He doesn't kill him. So at some point there, you're thinking like, is he going to kill this kid? But of course he doesn't kill the kid. He tells him to turn it around. And if this, this is also, you know, the grandmother has found out that the money's been missing from the account. Yeah, it's every time the check comes, the kid steals it. Right, the blank check. The she blank writes a blank check, check or whatever. And, and he forges her name. Yeah, right. So that's, he's going to kill her. So that's what leads to this. He's putting the, 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 the he's going to over, she's going to overdose on her medicine. Right. And so now, you know, you're sitting, so Santa's sitting across from him. He picks it up and drinks it all. And he goes, fentanyl. Yeah, it would have done the job. Like he literally just in, ingested a, a, a killer dose of drugs into his system. And the kid's like, oh, no, like there's nothing. So, you know, they leave him with, you know, you have to turn your life around. And if you don't, I'm coming for you and you don't want me to come for you. And it's a I mean, it's kind of a not a happy ending. It's more kind of dark. This Uh, is is as black a comedy as anyone has ever made. Right. And it's been it's difficult. I mean, I think what Jason has just done is try to give you some sort of a synopsis. But let me tell you, I don't think there's anyone that could give you a synopsis of the movie until you see it. Yeah, you got to watch it. It's because yeah. it, there, there are so many subtle things that happen. Billy is a creep. Yeah. And he, he actually, he puts the, well, I guess maybe the, the housekeeper puts the cookies and the milk out for Santa Claus. And as he goes down, he looks around, he doesn't see Santa Claus, and he steals Santa Claus's cookies. Yeah. I mean, if that doesn't tell you that he's a he's a little less, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So okay, so um, the film actually we were talking about it, right? So it was technically released November thirteenth, November seventeenth. It went to digital, like you could download it, you could buy it digitally with a video on demand date. Well, there was a digital download available on the seventeenth. I'm not sure what that was through, but the video on demand came out November twenty fourth, Thanksgiving, basically when it came out. Um, and then it actually ran a limited release in Australia right around that same time. It was in select theaters in the U.S., but let's face it, in November in the U.S., people weren't going to the theaters. Yes. And it ran in Australia. So that's how it made it. It's like 1.6. Like, it, it's really hard for movies like this. because This movie did not have – this movie didn't have a huge built-in audience to begin with. It wasn't like you said, oh, man, I can't wait to see – like it wasn't like this movie like had tons and tons of like – a built-in, like, you know, like it, it doesn't have, uh, the, the, it's, it's not part of a series. It's not, it doesn't, it's not, you know, it's, it's not a horror movie. It's, it's not a car chase movie. It's not an, uh, you know, didn't have an A, I mean, $20 million sounds like an A budget, but $20 million nowadays is not, not an A budget. A, a budgets are in the hundreds of millions of dollars, right? So it's kind of a little small movie and I don't know what they really thought they were ever going to get out of this during the pandemic during, during, you know, when things are still mostly shut down and stuff like that, had it been a regular year, this probably would have played and made, you know, like five, six, seven million dollars. Oh, I, I think word of mouth would have gotten around from people who have seen it the same day. This movie. Well, but I'm, but I'm saying is a movie theaters maybe wouldn't have kept it around as long. It made it had a week or two run in the theaters, but then it would have made its word of mouth and been the, the, the Blu-ray and DVD sales. Well, yeah, that thing too is that, yeah, a lot of it, a lot of it, some of these movies are, are predicated on the trailers that you see on TV. 
And when well, there was you, no trailer on TV. Yeah, there never was no out. trailer. So you, you didn't even know it was there. Yeah. But there, I mean, for a movie to come out around Thanksgiving in, in theaters, that's that's a, a story. And I'm sure that the trailer would not show the killer shooting everybody. It would have been right. a lot of showing the elves and and Chris. Well, no, but no. At some point, though, at the end, you'd have to have him with with the shot of of uh, Mel Gibson in this as Santa Claus with a gun, and then people would be like, "Oh my God, they finally made the you know the night the reindeer died," you know, which is from uh, from Scrooge, right? Kind of yeah. thing, right? And uh, that's I think what they were kind of going with. But then they made the Red Band trailer, which shows you pretty much what the movie's about, and it's, it's spot on. With the trailer is pretty spot on. Um, what's there? But I think what the problem is is that. Having a movie with Santa Claus as uh, doing something violent, right? Uh, we know what that meant for Silent Night, Deadly Night originally, but he's a killer. I mean, he's been a killer yeah. and that kind of thing, and people protest, whatever. But there would have been a lot of outrage from you know, from people who want to be outraged about everything, you know, kind of thing. Whether it be the the foam on their latte or you know, how many seeds are on their bagel, uh, they would be outraged. Like, how dare you show Santa Claus? Uh, you know, being this, uh, yeah. you know, whatever. And the other outrage, you know, how dare Mel Gibson make a movie or how, whatever, you know, those well, things, right? Again, you know, those things would have been if it was ever released. Why? Yeah. Right. Again, but Mel- but those <laughs> same people complaining would have driven people to the theater just like it did in 1981, you right. know, kind of thing. So, I mean, the thing with that is, it, I mean, you, there are people that, that can't stand Nicolas Cage, right? Right. And, and so the same. I don't well, know. I don't know if it's well, the same. No, no, no. It's not the same reason. Nicholas Cage did not make the remarks that Mel Gibson did, but that's another. No, story. no, no. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. But, so for different reasons. Right. But again, if if when Nicholas Cage puts out a movie, there are those people that right. can't go do it. Right. Mel puts Mel Gibson comes out in a movie. No, okay. When Mel Gibson, he was was in those two movies with the, uh, um, oh, I forget what the kid. He comes. He's the father of the of the the son. He comes home for Christmas. Remember, it was a couple of years ago, a few years ago. It had, it had. Uh, I can't think of his name. He was the, he was the the, the father. Comes home at Christmas. I don't yes, know. Yes, no, the, no. It was with. Uh, All right. No, well, no. Um, but the, the the father who was in uh, Third Rock from the Sun. Oh no no he's in okay no 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 he's not the star of those movies no no that is that is you're thinking you're talking about da- uh, daddy's home Daddy, and right. daddy's home okay he's the grandfather Father, right right but that's that's only in daddy's home too and he because John Lithgow plays right. uh plays Will Farrell's dad, dad and right, uh, yeah. he plays Marky Mark's dad right, yeah. right but he's not in the movie. Like those aren't his movies. No, no, no. Yeah, but, but yeah. He's, Daddy, he's only but, in the second he, one. Well, but and then the second one, he he sort of like steals the movie. Well, he has some good parts. I mean, j- well, the problem is because John Lithgow in that movie oh, is is funny, but he's not being John Lithgow funny. He's being no, like no, no. he's basically being like Will Ferrell. Will Ferrell, yeah. yeah, right. No, no, yeah, yeah, right. But well, he's not the star. No, but that's it. it. Yeah. But again, whether whether you you have a, an affinity or a hatred for Mel Gibson is immaterial. That's it. Yeah. What I wanted to say was. There, the, one thing about this movie, there are vignettes, that little sections of this movie that are just priceless. Mm-hmm. When the killer is trying to figure out who Santa Claus is, and he goes and he Googles and he gets right. books and he's got a map on the wall. Right. It's it, like the – It's unbelievable. He is as thorough as you can. And then he, then he makes a phone call to – I forget who he calls – and he says, "I'm trying to, I'm trying to find the." Uh, oh, know, so he calls information. Information. I need the number for uh, Chris, Chris Kringle, Kringle in- <laughs> to hang up on him. Hello, 
He did not just hang up on me, right? Yeah. But that's the whole point. Like he does all the basic ways you search. And then he's like, oh, it's not working. I got to go more, go deeper. I mean, he literally Googles them. I mean, how do you go? Where does Santa Claus live? And it says North Pole. That's not helpful. Chris Kringle. And he's like trying to look him up. Like, and you're thinking like, okay. Like, but at the same time, he, again, he's a, he's a, a hitman. I mean, he's, and he's, he looks to be good at his job when I obviously wouldn't kind of, but at the same time, he's searching the way a little kid would search. Yeah. You know, when a search is, is Santa Claus real? Like that's the kind of things that little kids search on Google. You know, kind of thing. So, but again, that 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 scene, those, I guess, it was maybe got to be a minute, minute. And yeah, a half. they're not long, but they're little. It's yeah. just priceless. Yeah. But uh, but as I said at the beginning, he has this hamster. Yeah. That when he when he's on his trip, he's got to buy enough toys for the hamster to keep it occupied, and he goes into the store, and the woman is showing him this, and he's showing him that. So he says, "Well, how about the hamster house?" And he says, "Well, the hamster house." That won't, that won't, that won't work. Then she says, but it won't fit in the, whatever. It won't fit. And and she says, you know, I know you. I I know, I, I, you're this type of person. You're a snake person. And then he goes, you you love snakes. And then, again, there's a lot of cursing. A lot of cursing. So, like I said, this movie is not family friendly. There's a lot of violence and a ton of cursing in this movie. And he scares the living daylights out of the the woman clerk by saying, you know, whatever. Well, he's using a lot of colorful language. And yeah. so then he gets in the car and he's driving. Oh, and, and I'll get to this in a second. The hamster is on a hamster wheel on the dashboard Running. while the car is going, right? And, uh, but he constantly is smoking. Yes. And there's a reason. When he was a little boy, because they, he, he talks to this one, this, this one, like his little girl. Uh, well, he, he wants to buy. He wants to buy the plane. The plane. Well, it's a little boy. Then. Little he, boy. Yeah. He wants to buy this. This boy is playing with this model plane, uh, leaning out the window of a car. Uh, when he stops for when gas. He stops yeah. for gas, and he goes over and he says, you know, he says to the little boy says, well, what did you get for Christmas? And he rolls up his sleeves and he's got cigarette burns yeah, on his yeah, arm. Yeah. So I mean, so his his background is. is I mean, it's a whole the whole movie just on him. Yeah. Walter Goggins hit, hit the movie about his childhood and all that. Like there's a whole movie there and we get little snippets here and there. And I think that's one of the things about this movie is that it's not on the surface. It's like, okay, it's a kid doesn't get what he wants. He sends a hitman to kill Santa Claus. Santa Claus is going to fight the hitman. That's like, and that's yeah. basically what this is. Right. But there's so much, there's, there's more layers to it. You know, it's, it's like, it's like uh, uh, Shrek says, it's like an onion. There's layers to it. And then, you know, Donkey says, I like a parfait. Parfait's got layers too. And well, it's a very different kind of layering system, yeah. right? What's underneath the surface of why he's the way he is. Now you could just take it as face value, but like they give you little bits and pieces throughout the whole film. And it's, but it's, it's hard to describe this movie. It's not as there's not a very, I mean, yes, there is a story that goes from A to B to C, but the story that goes from A to B to C doesn't actually sound exciting. But when you watch it, you're like, what's is nuts? Cause at, at one point you're laughing Yes. At a, at a dark, dark comedy. And then the next minute you're like, oh, well, he's just slaughtered 20 people, you know, kind of thing. Like, it's it's so weird. And that's why I think this movie is off-putting um, to a mainstream audience, right, would be off-putting to that. That's And that's what that's what reviewers try to do. Well, you know, my mainstream audience is this and whatever, you know. And But the actual reviews of it, of people who watch it go, yeah, you need to understand that this is not a straight movie. Is, and by straight, I mean it's not it's not played. It's it's not like remember remember frailty with Bill Paxton, yeah. whatever. There's not a laugh 
or a smile in that entire movie. It is just punch you in the gut, but it's awesome and it's tension and it's whatever. The whole you're not laughing. This movie they'll crack you up. It has got a weird thing. Like there's the interplay between Ruth and Chris of like real husband and wife kind of thing. And you're like, okay, like, oh, I get that. You know, like it plays differently to people that has it here. That I think sometimes is confusing to people too, because on the surface, everyone wants something to be what they see on the surface. They want it to be, oh, it's a shoot 'em up or it's a monster movie or it's a whatever. And when you start mixing different genres together, that's why small movies get like this. That's why small movies, and again, I don't mean small like a small movie, but movies that were not made for hundreds of millions of dollars and are promoted and you know have giant posters hanging everywhere and you see commercials every 10 minutes. Those smaller films sometimes are the nuggets you're looking for. It's the little things. It's Upgrade. It's it's Overlord. It's things mm. like that that you never – you like no one talks about Upgrade. No one's like, we talk about it here. I know we keep bringing it up, but it's a movie that's a perfect example. I don't remember that movie ever coming out. And all of a sudden, I'm like – Oh, uh, let's get this. And we're like, oh my God, this is so good. How did we miss this? And yet what happens is you look into it and you're like, oh, because it wasn't made by, you know, it's, it's not a Sony. It's not a Disney. It's not a whatever, you know, kind of thing. And they don't have their hype machine behind it. This movie is is not a movie you could hype to a mainstream audience all the time. But as a cult movie, yeah. this is a cult movie. I mean, and I think that's where it's going yeah, to get it's it. Gonna it's it's going to gain its niche. And, you know, the one, you know, it's, it's. It does go full circle because the last scene in the movie, as they're fading away, well, they're rebuilding the everything. Yeah, but yeah, yeah but they, but the hamster is alive. Yeah. Okay. The, I mean, you know, the thing is, as you're going through, the hamster is a big part of the movie. Right. It's a, it's a big. But the hamsters with them as they're rebuilding, and they yeah. renewed their sense that, like, you know, they believe like, it can yeah. happen again. Now, think about this: Why is the United States government subsidizing Christmas? Why can't it be the Russians? Why can't it be every country well, okay. donating money? I, I I think what they're what the thing is though they're they're subsidizing the okay because he says it they make more money off of he goes this is what they think I am I think I'm a joke right and he like oh, he points at the fat guy like yeah. they make more money off of him than anything else they ever do and that's what that's why he's so angry they make more money off of me. Then they make of anything else in the world. There's nothing more profitable than Christmas. That's that's right. his whole thing, right? And, and and again, and I think we know the reality of this is that like um, the 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 marketability of every ho- I can't think of. There's no holiday that's more marketable than Christmas. Christmas in, in, in America, right? Christmas is the most marketed. But, but when and, yeah, but when yeah. he but when he says that, and and you listen to him calling all of the. All of the major companies, the toy companies, including he calls, he goes, well, Ian, I guess uh, I'll talk to you later. Yeah. I mean, so if they don't want to give him any more money, they're only cutting their own throat. And so that's okay. what I'm saying. I, so, I, I think part of that, though, has to just it's just the story to work the way they want it to work. Uh, yeah. So he's so, so desperate. The other thing is we've heard, I mean, I mean okay, Kurt Russell says it in, in Christmas Chronicles. I don't. I'm not that fat. How do they make me look that fat in that thing? When he's flying in Chicago, right? It's always the idea that Santa Claus is this humongously fat guy, right? He's jolly and whatever. And then every time he's portrayed in a movie, they like they now at least nowadays. I'm not talking about like Santa Claus the movie from like '86 or whatever, right? They always want to portray him 
Like, well, I'm not really that fat. Like, I'm not really, like, it's all those little things because you were like, man, if that guy was really that fat, how the hell are they going to get this sleigh off the ground? Like, I mean, I understand reindeer are tough, but like, it's all those things that are there because it's the different end of what it is. And I think that's what you're getting at. The idea that like, and, and isn't, it, isn't it funny that, and, and I don't want to get too crazy, you know, deep here, but Christmas is a, is a, a Catholic holiday, right? You know, it's, it's, right. it's a Christian holiday, I should say, right? It's, it's like, I mean, it's not like Easter, which is also, you know, kind of thing, right? It's, it's also a religious holiday. It's not like Easter all of a sudden produces anywhere near the amount of money that Christmas stuff does. Christmas has not, has not, is the, the, the day of, the, the idea, the idea of Christmas, I should say, is so much bigger than the birth of Christ and all those other stuff that goes along with the religious end of it, right? Christmas is now, kids know who Santa Claus is and know Christmas who don't celebrate Christmas. There are people who celebrate Christmas because they just celebrate Christmas, but they're not Catholic or Christian or anything, right? Yeah. It's just what it is because Christmas has kind of gotten bigger and bigger. The reality is a holiday like Thanksgiving, which again, a lot of, again, you know, it's a huge holiday, right? And, and, and the amount of money generated from Black Friday and all whatever, Thanksgiving has no religious ties to it. It's just being thankful for what you have. But people don't look at Thanksgiving like they look at Christmas. Christmas literally, Walmart has Halloween, Thanksgiving, and Christmas stuff out in August. Christmas is huge. And I think that's what the that's what he's getting at there. Right. That's right? what I mean. That's what I'm saying. That's what he's getting at. He goes, I'm so much more yeah. than right. a fat guy in a factory. Right. And then, so. so again, but again, like I said, when when he when he is subsidized by the U.S. government, he's he's worried that the that the government check isn't going to cover is, it. is is going to well, be less than it was before, which means to me that for years, for two hundred years, he's been getting money from the U.S. government, yeah, right. Yeah. I mean, but so what did he get before? Who donated the money before that? But if he's not getting the money from the toy people. Yeah, I mean, I know. Yeah, I, I get, I, I get mean, what you're saying. I get what you're saying. I mean, the toy people are the ones that that need to say, "Hey, look, we better give, we better give him another hundred billion dollars." Well, also, the other uh, thing is though too is the idea that toys are no longer as important as they used to be. Kids don't play with toys. Kids don't do those things. It's yeah. all phones and iPad. And he even says, "All these electronics." Like it, he even they throw those lines that's in, right. and that's the problem is that it literally is, uh, you know, we're at field hockey camp. I mean, and, and Haley is already a different breed because she's a goalie and she's got like a thousand pounds of gear on and it's a hundred degrees outside, right? During water breaks, Haley sits on the back of the goal, takes her helmet off. And uh, one of the young ladies who's, um, I, I don't know, I don't think, I don't know if it's cerebral palsy, but shake her arm doesn't work. Whatever. She's in like the um, self-contains or whatever. She's trying out for this. She's sitting with Haley and the two of them are talking and Haley's being very, you know, Trying to make her feel welcome. Every other girl there, who all, they're all the same age, they're seventh, eighth graders, they're on their phones. They're sitting on their phone, okay. right? And and coach comes up. He goes, "Why are you all on your phones?" They go, "Well, you said it's a water break. We can be on our phones." And there's Haley sitting with her, talking about, "Okay, when you do this, like, and they don't have to be. They, they were talking about school. They were talking about whatever. And I think that's the problem. And I'm not trying to say that my daughter's so much better because she's a royal pain in the butt all the time. Trust me. The difference is, is that like, it's. At a younger and younger and younger age, the phone is in their hand and they're, they're all like trying to disconnect from the world. And that's what he's that's what he's right. saying is that's why kids are willing to take a sh- shoot at him and they don't believe and they don't care. And he's like, I have yeah. to give out more coal this year than I've ever given out. It's like, why? Because they don't believe in something. They don't want to. They're not being respectful. They're not being whatever. I think, you know, what when it what it all boils down to, Jay, is the message 
that actually comes across in this movie hits home. Mm-hmm. And because it hits home, yeah, I mean, I, I'm, par- I'm one person. I saw, I thoroughly enjoyed this movie. Yeah. Even though that there's probably 50 people getting shot. Yeah. And there's language oh. that is like, like, like we would say back in the day, like truck driver language, but it would be like literally, it would be like you're on the field for an NFL football game kind of language. Like there's just, oh my God, like literally you're saying this and it's a atro- it's atrocious that way in those things. So it's never going to reach that family friendly thing. No. But at the end of the day, I mean, in the last few years, we've gotten Christmas Chronicles, which I loved, right? I mean, even the second one, right? That had the same message. It's about family and believing and do, and it's all those things that are important and being thankful for your, poor, and, and, you know, for your family that's around you and all, all that stuff. It's the same idea here. Isn't that crazy that they approach it from two very <laughs> distinct angles? So I'm just saying, right? Um, so... All right, folks. So, uh, you know, again, this isn't even our Christmas episode. Uh, Luke and I will be back for our Christmas oh. episode for He-Man and She-Ra Christmas special because that is definitely very special. And then Luke and I have a special treat for you to end the year. And let me tell you, if you thought Fat Man's nuts, come back and join us on New Year's for that. I can't even describe how to even – it's going to be hard to describe that film when we do it. Uh, and you'll see, like, wow, that's nuts. But – Dad and I will be back in January because we already started looking at, like, again, 2022 is right around the corner. It's not like it's not here. And we're looking at what we're doing. And uh, a movie that's been requested um, indirectly, let's put it that way, it's been indirectly requested, is the Monolith Monsters because we need to close out the sets of the sci-fi volume one and two, and that closes out the set. So the Monolith Monsters, which you're thinking like, I've never seen that movie. Well, Spenguli does show it every once in a while. It's on Spenguli. Um, but it's also part of that set. And I think the Blu-ray came out this past year as well, yeah. um, which I did not buy because I was not spending $29.99 on a Blu-ray. I'll let that thing come down in price, uh, you know, kind of thing. So we're Dad and I will be back in January with the Monolith Monsters, uh, going back to the black and white sci-fi uh, days uh, when of giant rocks falling on people. So uh, I think that about does it, folks. Um you know, like I said, we'll be back for Luke and I'll be back at our Christmas episode and our New Year's episode. Um, you know, we're kind of putting a, a bow on 2021. Um, and you'll hear me say this again in the other episode as well. I hope your 2021 was great. I hope your 2022 is better. If 2021 was not great, and trust me, I know how that happens. Um, I hope that things are getting better and that you're able to spend some time uh, doing the things you love with uh, people who are important to you. Uh, you know, again, that might... I, I wish I was kidding. Every year at Halloween, we have to like go through and watch all the Halloween movies. We have. And I don't mean Halloween, the Michael Myers movies. We got to watch, you know, like, uh, you know, um, the Witch's Night Out. And we got to watch all the, you know, the Halloween classics, right? Kind of thing like Garfield uh, Halloween, one of Luke's favorites, you know, kind of thing like that, right? And at Christmas time, we always watch Rudolph and Frosty mm-hmm. and the Grinch. And to the point where literally I have to pull them out. Usually at Thanksgiving, and we usually start the day of Thanksgiving watching some of those because there's it's now gotten to the point where it used to be like five or six things, and now it's up to like fifty or sixty things we got to watch. Um, Christmas Chronicles is now a, a one we want that we love. We watch that as well. I know I've mentioned a couple of times, um, but the, I don't know if this will ever become a must watch every year because I Haley didn't watch this with me. Once Haley sees this, this might become one of those we mm. cycle in. But I think we leave mommy out. I don't know if Kelly would be would enjoy this as much as that. So yeah, I, my take is is that if you get a chance uh, to see it, mm-hmm. it's well worth your time to watch it. Just to say 
you know, that, well, I, I've seen this episode, I've seen this movie. Um, it, it's not my cup of tea, so mm-hmm. I'll never watch it again. But there are a lot of things that you watch that say, well, I'll never watch it again. Yeah. I do that all the time. Yeah. This is one, I'm not going to watch it tomorrow and the next day and the next day, but I would have no problems watching it you know, once a year or so, yeah. Just to just to re, you know, to reinvigorate, yeah. uh, my uh, my my enjoyment for these odd movies. I mean, I I don't like cookie cutter movies, and this certainly is not a cookie cutter movie. But I would suggest, though, if you're going to watch it, a cup of cocoa and some Christmas <laughs> cookies might be a nice uh, attachment. So, folks, as we say around here, keep those cards and letters coming, and keep watching the skies. This is Tokyo. Once a city of six million people. What has happened here was caused by a force which, up until a few days ago, was entirely beyond the scope of man's imagination. Tokyo, a smoldering memorial to the unknown. An unknown which at this very moment still prevails and could at any time lash out with its terrible destruction anywhere else in the world. Hi, folks. Luke Giaconetti here. I'd like to ask you a few questions. Do you like giant monsters, or as they're called in Japan, daikaiju? Monsters like Godzilla, Rodan, Gamera, King Ghidorah, or Mothra? Do you like more obscure monsters, such as Gappa or Yangari? Do you like giant heroes like Ultraman, or super robots like the Shogun Warriors? If you answered yes to any of these questions, then I think you might like my podcast, Earth Destruction Directive. I'm a dedicated fan of all things Daikaiju, and I'd like to share that with all of you. Please check out Earth Destruction Directive at twotruefreaks.com. Earth Destruction Directive, where we turn your Daikaiju dreams into city-smashing reality. This has been an episode of Bots, Bugs, and Babes, the B-Movie Podcast. If you'd like to contact me, please email the show at botsbugsbabes at gmail.com. If you'd like to find me online, I'm on Facebook under my name, Jason Jacknetti. I often contribute to the Two True Freaks Facebook group. You can visit my Facebook page, The Art of Horror Collective, and you can search the hashtag, The Art of Horror Collective. On Instagram... Find me under my name, Jason Jacknetti, and search the hashtag, The Art of Horror Collective, as well as the new hashtag, Bots, Bugs, Babes Podcast. I'm the only one using them. I'm also on Twitter, at Jason Jacknetti, and you can visit my webpage at www.theartofhorrorcollective.wordpress.com. All movies, characters, stories, music, etc. are properties of their respective holders. This is a fan work. And any use of any property is purely for review, discussion, entertainment. So don't sue me. I ain't got anything anyway. There is no tomorrow. There is no tomorrow. There is no tomorrow. Will you stop?